Does faith in Christ alone justify? And I think that's a good question. Uh, this comes from uh, our our confessions, uh, Book of Concord. Um, uh, and it's such a good question this is uh, to go over. So why don't we start with a word of prayer? Our dear Holy Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, we thank you for your word. Lord, grant us uh, the discernment and the understanding of, of what this true faith is. Well, thank you for the object of our faith, O Lord, and, and grant us peace in Jesus Christ and, and all that you do by your promises. Bless us and keep us, and in this day, in your word, grant us your comfort. Lord, for all these things we're thankful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And these question and answers have really made me realize a lot of things. I know, I think a lot, as you know, um, as I stare off into the landscape a lot of times just thinking. I used to do that when I was a kid at school all the time, and my teachers knew it. Anyways, <laughs> but uh, always thinking. But uh, yeah, as we go through these questions, again, uh, as I said at Bible study on Wednesday, just a reminder to us that, you know, as a pastor, I, I realize that as we grow together, we grow in God's word. And just like the seminary, uh, your home should be a seminary for your children as you teach them. I think the church uh, should also, of course, be one as well. So that's a really big thing for me now as we go over these questions. The motivation to why I ask these questions is to gain you, uh, of course, a, a clear and more sharper understanding of what your faith is all about. That's my goal, because at the end of the day, you gotta know that answer, and that's what we're trying to do here for you, give you that, that bullseye, right? Uh, so uh, today's question is doing that same thing for you. Does faith in Christ alone, underline alone, 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 justify? Now, why do I underline alone? Why is that so important? The word alone. One thing, one item. Yes, that's right. Isolation. Um, anyone else? We're not involved in that. Okay, so apart. Yeah, Christ is from us. So alone simply means one, right? Uh, one thing. And why is that important when it comes to our faith? Faith in Christ alone justifies. Is that true or false? Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Because I think this alone really does... What does it do? It... It shows us what our faith truly is in the midst of the, not alone, but with the multitude of people's idea of what faith is. And that alone really cuts the chase on who we are as children of God. So uh, what is faith? That's our next question right here up top. What is faith in regards to alone? What is faith? If you ask someone on the street, what is faith? What possible answers could come up? Belief. Belief. Good. Belief. Good. Um, in regards to that belief, what more on that trail of thought, what more can come from that if you think about what they would say? What, what would people say about that, about faith and belief? Belief without seeing. 
Believing without seeing. Very good. Very good.、Uh, again, a, a picture of what is unseen, and that is faith, right?、Um, but as you talk to them,、uh, what do you soon discover more times than not about what their, what their faith is? I guess, do you know what I'm saying here? Tends to be grounded in themselves. Okay, good. So, in themselves, right? How does that come out? Uh, what do they say that indicates this? What verbiage do they use? I.、Um, I. Okay. <laughs> I believe.、Um, and what do they believe a lot of times? Okay, so, so morality or, or self, self good or self righteousness, right? Uh, what else do they say? Anything else based on this kind of train of thought? I did, I did something, works. Okay, so I do, works.、Um, well, people will say, I believe in God. I believe in God. That's right. And again, in this day and age, what does, <clears throat> what does that necessarily mean, right? It, it can mean so many different things. Because when we speak of God, that is also where, hand in hand, where faith is, right? So if someone is saying, I believe in God, but says,、um, as we talked about last week or midweek, about if we just do good enough, God will rain down good things to us. Is, is that not only, is that correct? That we have a transactional God? Is that how we deal with God? And the answer is no, right? But if someone believes that, that's where they're. Faith is alone. Everyone can have an alone faith. But the question is, what are they rooting their faith in? And it could be a prosperity God. It could be a God of, of works in a sense of this is, well, how do you, what is your faith? Well, I've been to church all my life. Now, that's great. That's awesome that you go to church all your life. But your faith isn't your act of going to church. But in that conversation, that's where that person's faith is, right? In the works of what they've done. And soon enough, this alone, Christ alone, becomes a, sub, a subset of faith in a sense where there's all these other things that I do to, to quantify what my faith is. Now, what's the danger of that when we mix up what true faith is? What's the. Yeah, what's the confusing danger about that when we depart from alone and start creating a melting pot or port, pot, potpourri? I always think of Jeopardy, right? Potpourri. Any the category? Potpourri? And, sorry.、Uh, well, you start creeping back in. It's when you're trying to do the, the melting pot, it becomes, as so many believe, that they do believe in Christ. But, and there's always the other shoe that has to drop in their mind. It's, it's not just Christ and Christ alone. If it's not alone in Christ, then we have to ask can we justify ourselves? Right?、Uh, track and Field was on yesterday. I didn't watch it, but I saw it on the TV guide there yesterday. <laughs> I think、but、it was. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I didn't watch it.、Uh, but、uh, I like running. 
Carl Lewis, remember him? Ben Johnson? Oh, he was caught for steroids. Anyways, that's a different story from Canada. Anyways, remember that? Anyways, can we justify ourselves? Uh, and I always, I always think of the baton one. You know the baton? <laughs> Relay race, right? And, and that's how a lot of people see their faith. It's like, Jesus did this, and now he ran it, and I'm, I'm doing the, one of those um, back-in-the-hand things. And I don't know how they always do it. They're so amazing, how they run in stride, and they just take that baton. And... I know. Just like yesterday's Tour de France, if you saw the person with a sign, they wanted to take a picture or something, and they brought out this long like rectangular sign, and it clipped one of the bikers, which then 50 of the bikers fell down. It was not good. Anyways, oh, morning, Mary. Morning. Oh, watch your step. There's a cord here, right? All right. If you have a, oh, can you give her a paper? Uh, so, so that's how a lot of people view faith. It's, I have to take that baton and run with it, and I have to finish the race, right? Um, and that's where the alone really rubs the wrong way for many people, is that we say the gospel, but then what happens? As you talk to people, you see a lot of additives there, or a lot of in addition to, or but, I need to do these things, right? And the question is today, does faith in Christ alone justify? Does our faith in Christ uh, declare us uh, righteous in front of God? So that's a really good question I think Christians need to ask themselves, because if you study the polls these days, even in the midst of Christianity, many do not Many believe, not many, but there is a growing increase of, of people believing that a morality is a way, or that there is that whole, there are many ways to be with God, right? And this faith alone is really under attack. Uh, but uh, here we see in our handout, Romans 11. Comfort in the extra nose, which is outside, outside of ourselves, so too at the present time, There is a remnant chosen by grace, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. Romans 11, verses 5 and 6. So when we talk about grace and faith, uh, when works are involved, is it still grace? If we think that we need to bring something to the table, is grace truly grace at that moment? Absolutely not. According to St. Paul, it says, no, grace would no longer be grace if it was a basis on our works. Can we justify ourselves? And this is an easy thing to do, friends, uh, because we're always trying to justify ourselves, aren't we? Um, We know of our sin. We know what we have done. And too many times do we easily in our flesh rest on these very things. But what we don't know in those moments is that that's where we are basing our faith on. And at the end of the day, if this is the case, very, uh, very unsettling this is um, to trust that this is our way of salvation or this is our way of justification. Uh, we are in a very uh, precarious uh, state. So, by grace, gaining favor by our own merits and works is of no use. Rather, one should remove themselves in regards to God's complete and justifying work in Christ Jesus. Romans 3, 
for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. The basis is God's choice through his gracious work of the gospel. Legalism has no play in justification. So does faith in Christ alone justify? When we talk about Christ alone as the object of our faith, um, why is Christ alone so important? We talked about it earlier, but what is it about his uniqueness that makes this faith justifying? Why can, can Don be Don alone? Can, can Don provide in Don alone? It doesn't have the same ring. It doesn't have the same ring in Don alone? Um, <laughs> um, but that's, that's what this is, right? For every one of us. Uh, but why is, what is it about Christ alone that's so unique? Why can't it be Jeff alone, or Tina alone, or Jennifer alone? Why, why is it Christ alone? What is it about Christ that makes the aloneness so, so vastly important to our faith? Anyone? He's the only one that can do what needs to be done. We don't have the, in our humanness and in our born into sinness, which isn't a word, but anyway, um, he is the only one who can redeem us. Yes. So his redeeming work is not many ways to be with God, right? Not many paths, but the John fourteen six path, right? Uh, that he came to redeem, to reconcile, to forgive. And we play no part in this. And this is his work of grace. Uh, Christ alone. I mean, we talk about his death. Of course, we talk about his resurrection as well. Um, and what he has done for us as he overcame the grave and he gives us eternal life. Um, here in Christ alone, uh, again, even in the sacraments as he institutes it for us, he gives to us the very gifts by his means, the forgiveness of sins through the sacrament of the altar Sacrament of Holy Baptism, and there our faith is laid out for us, right? Why is this, why is this such a rub for people? Why is Christ alone such a foolish thing for the world to see the cross? Why is that such a foolish thing that it's not about you, but it's about the one outside of yourself? Why is that so difficult, you think? Well, in everything else we do, it's by our efforts. You know, the whole world runs on our efforts. So to say your faith doesn't require anything of you is totally outside our realm of comfort. You're not in control. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of control, Tina, I'm not going to put anyone on the spot here, but... <laughs> but. <laughs> um, Dad, did you talk about us in the sermon again? I'm like, yeah, I did. Is it, is it ever embarrassing to you? Like, no, not really. Maybe sometimes, but not really. Anyways, uh, I try to keep it light. But, uh, uh, but in terms of the law and control, as you talked about here, 
Um, what is it about the law that shows us, well, the reality of what we are dealing with? We see right here in our, in our handout, Romans 4, 15. If someone could read that. All right, so that's, yeah, that's Romans 3.24. By the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Uh, also, Romans 4, the law brings wrath. Uh, Romans 7, if someone could read that. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted as righteousness, and I read the wrong one. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. So why is it important to understand what the law is? As we see right here in the four or five verses that we've read right there, why is it important to understand the, the, the nature of the law? Why is that important in terms of this side of things versus alone in Christ? What is it about the law that really does show us? What does the law show us in light of our own morality and self-righteousness? Um, that even if I strive to be perfect, Ken, can I do that? Can I justify myself uh, by my own doings and my, my own works? Um, and, and this is what we see right here in the object uh, of our justifying faith, is that in accordance to the law, uh, we clearly see that we cannot do the works to save ourselves, right? The law brings wrath. The law comes a, comes a knowledge of sin, um, I wouldn't have known what it is to covet except if it wasn't given to me by the law. Um, and so the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Right? That your faith is not in what you've done, but in the one Christ alone who has worked for you. It's all given to you by the proper understanding of the law. See, if we have the misunderstanding of the law, like Tina said... We think that we are in control, right? Why do people not want to hear the law? What is it about the law that really unfurls the, or uncurls their skin? What is it about the law that... Uh... Nobody wants to think they're a sinner. But what, what does that... You just don't want to be a lot of weak or bad. It limits you. It limits you, it right? Um... It reveals you. It limits you. It reveals you. And what does it reveal? What does it reveal in terms of all the stuff we think that we bring to the table? That you're really bringing nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And how earth-shattering is that for anyone to hear that they're not good enough? Um, this, is very, this, is, uh, this is a very uh, struggling thing for many people. And that's why when we talk about faith, that faith in Christ alone is very important. Because if we cling to what is of ourselves and what is within ourselves, we very well know that not only do we see the law incorrectly, but also that we'll fail to ever see the true grace of God. 
right? It says right there uh, in, Romans, uh, in Romans 11, uh, but, if it is gr- if, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. Again, this grace would no longer be grace if not only do we fail to see the, the full brunt of the law, but also that because of that, we cannot work. And again, in pop culture Christianity, this is a very prevalent thing, right, isn't it? You do the work. You be good, right? Uh, and then that's what makes you a Christian. I guarantee you, if you ask anyone that question, what makes you Christian, this subject pronoun will come up, right? And that's why at the end of the day, uh, when we talk about the object of faith, you always need to hear that, right? Um, if you saw For the Kids Friday, I don't know if you did on YouTube. <laughs> I know Jeff probably did with his kids. Uh, but uh, uh, we talk about faith and what we hear and receive and why we need to hear what we need to hear because that faith is always, that word that we receive is always Jesus Christ alone because this is where our faith is. In that that conflict or that struggle with our own flesh or with the devil that says, this is what your faith is, right? And here alone, you have your own righteousness. Here alone, you are justified by what you have done, right? And um, that is why this law is so important and the understanding of the law is so important. Because even when we think that we can do even the slightest bit, you will soon see your whole faith turn into this, right? I was telling uh, uh, Brent the other day, I teach him uh, here at night uh, uh, on Thursdays, and, and how vernacular does, the way we say words really show us where our faith is. Does that make sense? Like, I, I, can, I know, as a pastor, you're always listening to people, you know, especially as a Lutheran pastor, you're always hearing, <laughs> you hear the words, and quickly you could discern where they are at, right? By the verbiage, by the vernacular they use. And at the end of the day... Uh, I thought those were Pentecostals who were always hearing things. <laughs> oh, Rob's here. Hey, Rob. <laughs> That's right. Good to see you, Rob. Uh, There's those voices again. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's this, it's that picture of... Um, of these very words, as a good Lutheran would say, it would always point to the subject, and that's Jesus, right? My 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 pre my pre uh, Lutheran self, um, I would search so many different things, and a lot of times, this would be my justifying faith if I want to be honest with myself, because I was burdened by it, and I said, I'm not a Christian anymore because I can't do it, like. Everyone else is doing it, and they look so good doing it. Like, they're perfect and polished and holy and, like, smiling all the time. And I'd be sitting there saying, I I can't do this. I'm not perfect. I'm trying, but I just can't. I'm limited. I'm a sinner. Um, What do I do with this? And this is the troubling thing when when our faith becomes about ourselves, Right, Dave, did you have a thought on that? I was thinking one of the words you used a little while ago was honesty. So much of, our, of the common approach to the law has to do with being honest with ourselves about how we fall short there. And 
too many people aren't. Well, I, I wasn't really that bad. I didn't kill anybody, but yet, <clears throat> well, this entry in my tax form is not quite right. Oh, did I miss a digit? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to cross over the one. But, you know, you start, all of a sudden, you start comparing something like, um, you know, a small adjustment of zeros on your tax form with murder, and you think you're not so bad. That's dishonest all the way around. You're being dishonest with yourself. You're being dishonest with the IRS. You're being dishonest with God. Oh, oh, yeah, and, and that reminds me, you know, when we speak of the law, friends, um, I think another misunderstanding of the law is that we might be sinners, but it's not so bad. We can overcome this ourselves. Now, why is the proper understanding of original sin so important in terms of the law? Why is that so important in terms of the law? A lot of people will think sin is something that we can just kind of weave around and figure it out ourselves. What is it about sin that we realize by the law we cannot, no matter how hard we try? What is it about original sin that shows us the grave, the grave reality of what sin brought to the table? Anyone? It's in our fabric. It's in our bones, right? It's in the deepest parts of our thoughts and our, our, uh, our fallen short hearts, uh, and, and we very well know that that separation from God is something that we cannot justify ourselves, right? Rob, yeah? Well, if we look at the very nature of sin itself, um, I think that if we're, we're, we're going to be honest to ourselves, every, every single uh, sin in the books is uh, us saying who is God to tell us what we can and can't do. Yeah. Well, Satan uh, says, "I will." And Job says, "I will rise to the uh, throne of the Almighty." Uh, uh, basically, I'll, I'll I'll become God. God won't tell me what to do anymore. So he tells Adam and Eve, "God just doesn't want you to be like God. So you can become like God. You don't have to have to listen what He tells you what to do anymore." That's right. And, and that's another tension there that we that's see. Where, that's where the law falls short, is knowing the, knowing the law, we, we're like, uh, who is this God guy to tell us what to do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, we very well know we need him to give us that promise because the law shows us at the end of the day that we are separated from God and that we cannot save ourselves or rescue ourselves from sin and death. Uh, and we see right here, uh, based on the discussion in your handout, uh, why is the proper understanding of the law important in terms of grace and salvation? And we just talked about that right here, right? If we have the misunderstanding of the law for what it truly is, grace and salvation will also take a different color. Do you agree? Uh, because when, when we see the law for what it is, it's all grace. It's all by the salvation of Christ. When we have the misunderstanding of the law that I've brought something to the table, that grace of God, that what Christ alone has done, there is a plus one there that we tell ourselves. And when there's a plus one, that's when a little leaven leavens the whole lump, right? Why is the proper understanding of faith important in terms of justification? Like being declared righteous and justified in front of the Lord, why is it important to have the correct faith? If it's even off slightly, if it's Christ alone plus .001 of myself, why would that faith 
be a different picture of what justification truly is. Anyone on that one? Even the slightest bit. What, what happens to that faith? Even a, just even a little bit. It's kind of like the old saying, you can't be a little bit pregnant. <laughs> you know, oh, that's a saying. I like it. It's true. In the sense that he either does it and he alone, you, you can't bring yourself in at all. But... I, you're, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I love that saying. I, I got to look it up in my idiom. I'm going to look it up in my idiom book at home, see when it came to fruition, because I'm like, all right, interesting. Context of the time. Uh, anyways, um, but, oh, I was going to say, um, oh, man. Uh, but that, that point, zero, zero, 001 or whatever the number was that you used is sin in and of itself, because you're adding something first of all, to God's word, and you are claiming to be equal to God in making the judgment as to whether or not you're justified. Okay, oh, go ahead, yeah. I was just going to say, it also shows that you don't truly understand. You still haven't gotten that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Wait, Dave, what did you say again? You, I forgot. <laughs> now you want me to repeat it? I forgot what I was going to say, but you said something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what I was... About the law, about... When you put that triple zero one percent or whatever it is on that you have to do, that's sin in and of itself because you're daring to be like God. That's right. That's right. Uh, so making a judgment as to whether or not you're justified. That's right. I'm trying to forget. God's role. That's right. So, so in that moment, do you guys, do you guys, be honest with me. I, I think we all can attest to this or confess it that. We have those moments in life, don't we? Honestly, we say Christ alone, but um, there are moments where we might not even be aware of it, but we're telling ourselves, you know, I, look, I'm here at church. Yeah, Ken's patting himself on the back. Look at that guy, right? <laughs> look, I'm here at church. I've done my deed. Um, look, I, you know, I, uh, you know, people are celebrating their marriage this, this month. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, people could probably say, look how much work I've done in this marriage or, or look at how much I do in my job or look how much God, God must be pleased with me. Right. Uh, but what are we really saying there when we're saying those words? What are we really telling ourselves? Honestly, if we could translate that in a spiritual way, that should, you know, that's a good invention, by the way, a spiritual translator to what you say. (laughs) Am I right? Because we need to hear it all the... Because you're right. I've done a good job. And what you're saying is, that's why I know I'm a child of God, by what I've done. Now, we might not say it out loud by what I just said, but we, we do right. <laughs> have that nugget in ourselves. The first commandment? Yeah, yeah. And that's why the law is so important. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Yes. 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 Uh, but it, it's in that it's it's in the you know it's in that confusion of the law that we actually all of us do it, uh, whether we say it or not in our actions and our thoughts. That's what's happening. 
Because the devil loves for you to do what? To turn away from what alone can save you. And that's his goal, right? Um, and that's why the next time you might tell yourself, why are we hearing this gospel again during the sermon? I don't know if you ever told yourself that. Don't raise your hand if you said it or if you think it. <laughs> but trust me, trust me, even as a pastor, it's like, it's easy to have that temptation. And you know me, I'm not innovative at all. I'm very... You have lines on your paper. What's up? You have lines on your paper. I have lines on my paper. Um, but... But it's easy to say, how can we as a church be more relevant, more attractive, more, what's the word, uh, more hip to the times? Uh, and it's easy to kind of go down that, trust me, it's very easy. How can we grow the church in a very quick way? What can we do to be more, to be more relevant to the world? And, and honestly, uh, it's easy to do that. Uh, but at the end of the day, the gospel is everything because we know what we're up against and we need to hear it time and time again. And it's not just our sin, but it's that, and that sin in and of itself is a great, that's a great battle of ourselves, but it's that subtlety of saying, I can justify myself. We might not say it that way, but trust me, if you wrote, if you, if you saw what you said during the day about faith or whatever, you'll say, wait, I'm putting a lot of eyes there. Where's Jesus in this? Right? And that's why when we hear the words of Christ, there we are brought back to what justifies us. We need to hear it time and time again because we know what this is. I know what this is in myself. And that's why it will always be about Jesus. If we're getting bored of justification, if we're getting bored of hearing Christ, you got to go back to this and say, whoa, I need to hear what alone he has done for me. Because, man, do I love to be alone in myself, right? Do I love to be my own being and my own God? When, in fact, the word shows me I cannot. I fall short. So, um, in our, in our um, confessions, Therefore, because people cannot by their own powers live according to the law of God, and because all are under sin and guilt and guilty of eternal wrath and death, we cannot be set free from sin and be justified through the law. Instead, what has been given us is the promise of the forgiveness of sins, and justification on account of Christ, who has given for us in order to make satisfaction for the sins of the world. This promise is not conditional upon our merits. It freely offers the forgiveness of sins and justification. What other world religion can say that? What other belief system can say this promise is not conditional upon our merits? There's no conditions. This is free. What other, what other faith that trusts in something can say that? No one, right? And that's why this alone is so unique in a sense where it is his work. And that is where our faith is, right? How do you grow in the faith, you guys? How do you grow in the faith? It's more Jesus and less of yourself. That's how you grow right? Your growing is not what you've done, it's but, but it's by what Jesus has done for you. And that's how you continue to grow in this life of faith, by what he has done freely for you. Uh, and that's the constant as we grow in his word. And it's Jesus, right? Uh, read Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. 
someone could read that for me. I know I didn't write out the whole uh, verse right there. Uh, But if someone could read that. All right, so for by grace, I love these eras. I'm so proud. (laughs) My kids are like, I learned that in elementary school, Dad. I'm like, you know, give me a break. I still could type faster than you guys. Anyways, that's what I tell my kids all the time. From God to man, this is grace. So from God to man, this is grace. You have been saved through faith. Now, faith, I I put these arrows as an option for a lot of people. Is faith knowledge? Albert Einstein knows a lot of things. But does that mean that he, he was faithful? Did he, did he have faith because he had an intellect? Uh, what about human merits? Is that what our faith is? Is it based on our own works? Um, or is faith a gift? Right? Faith is a gift. Not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of work. So clearly right here, it's not your own doing. So we suppose that it's our Lord's doing. This gift is for you because a gift is given and not a result of works, but rather his work, the gospel, the sacraments. And that's where your faith is, right? Um, yeah, and that's what we continue to teach until the end of time. That faith is Jesus. That faith is Jesus. Your faith has made you well because your wellness is Christ and what he has done for you. All right. Caution in confusion. The next half of the page. But perhaps when we say that faith justifies, this is kind of the, and this is great because this is 500 years later. We still deal with it in our sinful flesh. Some will think that it refers to a foundational principle Namely, that faith is the beginning of justification or the preparation for justification. As a result, it is not by faith itself that we are accepted by God, but by the works that follow. They foolishly imagine that faith is therefore praised so highly because it is foundational. For The foundation is very important. As people commonly say, the beginning is half of everything. Is that correct? When we talk about faith in Christ, is that the beginning half of everything? Is, is Christ a pie chart where it's, this is a pie. I don't know, favorite pie. What's a favorite pie you guys like? Uh, I love a good. Banana cream. Oh, man. That's so good. All right. <laughs> good to know. Uh, if this is a pie, um, and half of it's Jesus, and he's the beginning, and the other half is you, is that, is that how our faith works? Is that, is that the picture of our salvation? Yeah. How many people believe this, though? Even in Christianity, how many people would say, yeah, that's right? A lot of people would. Most of the evangelical Christianity say that. Because it's very easy to, to see this, that I actually play a role, right? I could ask a lot of people that say, what makes you Christian? And they will say, well, I, I do all these things. You know, I'm good. I've went on these trips to... I help, I go to the local soup kitchen and, and help out. I help my neighbor. I'm like, that's so great. But what makes you Christian? What makes you Christian? And, and that's where the justification. Even atheists do that. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. Uh, but that's the pie chart that they're talking about. See, you got to look at your own pie chart and say, is there any division here of any line of demarcation of you in there? 
There's no line when it comes to our justifying faith. It's all Jesus and what he has done for us. And this is the pie that we lean on, right? This is our faith. Uh, and, and this is that confusion that the devil always seeks to draw that line and say, nope, not enough. Now it's your turn, right? No, that is not it. Um, and that's why Christ alone, this alone is very important because it is, it is a battling against this very pie chart that says, no, not alone, but even me, even this. It might, it might not even be 50, right? It might be just like, how do you do a pie chart? Oh, yeah, like this. <laughs> like this. It could be 90%, right? And, and, and 10% you or 5% you. And that's still a, a different picture of what this justifying faith is all about. You know, I would say that the that small one is closer to what the, what Satan actually does. Yeah, you're right. If you think back to the garden, Satan didn't come out and call God a liar. What he really said was, "Did did God really <clears throat> say that?" Now, that's that's the one percent. What he really meant was this. Yeah. And, and now, all of a sudden, the devil's got the foot in the door. But how easy is that foot in the door? It's so subtle, too. Because we're, Don is human, right? The, the Don alone... Uh, <laughs> the Don alone mantra is, um, can only go this far, right? Uh, not even that far, just kind of like this. But, uh, but the Christ alone, and you're right, the subtlety of this is real. And that's why... Oh, Dana Carvey. That's right. Uh, not that I know Dana Carvey, but yeah, Dana Carvey. <laughs> Wayne's World, anyone? Anyways, uh, uh, oh, he's funny. Anyways, um, I'm cultured more than you know. Anyways, uh, uh, what's the point? Here's, what, what is the point? Uh, the point is, is that, see, I get lost a lot quicker now as I'm getting a little older. But uh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, but anyways, why don't we just go on here? We do not think of faith in this way Instead, we maintain that properly and truly by faith itself, we are regarded as righteous for Christ's sake. That is, we are acceptable to God. And, and because to be justified means that out of unrighteous people, righteous people are made or regenerated. It also means that they are pronounced or regarded as righteous. So your justification, your righteousness is Christ. Friends, well, that's what I was going to say. We live in a world where we're hearing a lot of different things, right? You turn on the radio when you go home and you're driving. If you, or you turn on your, my car still has a CD player, so I play my CDs, right? You play your CD player. You listen to the talk show. You, you listen to your coworkers. You're watching TV. Maybe you watch daytime talk shows or soap operas. Oh, those are convoluted. Those are very entanglement of drama. But um, not that I watch. But I'm just saying. Um, I, I don't. Uh, but we watch so many different things. And what, what's happening there? We're constantly being taught, Right? Every time you watch an advertisement on TV of, of a BMW, or not, it doesn't even have to be a German car. I like German cars, but I mean, I drive a Japanese car, but that's not the point. The point is, is that we, we look at those things and say, oh man, if I just had that, my life would be full. Or, or we, 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 you know, we hear words on the TV screen that's saying, you know, about morality, about being a good person, or Bill Gates is this, or that philanthropist is that, and what good people they are, God must be good with them. Um, it's easy to kind of get all that stuff in our hearts and minds. And soon enough, this justification becomes a little bit of us. And soon enough, as we stop hearing the word, let's say, that pie chart becomes more of us to the point where what happens? 
And after a certain time, it comes more of us, and there we see ourselves. Genesis 3, history repeats itself, me. And what really, what really fights this is what? The very word of God. You know, when you come to church and hear God's word, I'm not just talking about what? About Jesus. There's, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not just talking about Jesus. I'm actually giving you the very word about what Jesus has done for you. And in that for you, this pie chart, that's what's being imparted to you. That's why you need to hear the word of God. Because it's Jesus who justifies. Right? Jesus isn't just a lily pad for the next pad over. Oh, hey, Bobby. Are, are we done? Okay. All right. My son says we're done. So, um, <laughs> son time. Not father time, but son time. Uh, but this is what happens when we hear God's word. We are constantly fighting our sin and every disbelief of thinking that we bring something to the table. And when we hear God's word, there we are getting back to the words of Christ and the gospel, absolution, the Lord's Supper, baptism. This is our faith. And that's why we hear God's word. And that's why we do what we do as a church. Because this is what we're fighting against. The victory has been won. And we need to hear that. Imparted to us by Christ alone. And that's why the word of God is so good. Because we know that you might tell yourself what? Well, you know, I already know that. Right, Dave? I already know that. Why do I have to hear it again? Because you very well know what is that the spiritual forces of darkness, the devil himself that's constantly making that pie chart a little bit about you. And then after a week or even an hour, right? Or even a second, it just continues to open up. And there by that very word, that's right. It's Christ alone. It's all about what he has done for me. And this is justifying faith. That's why when you say I've been to church all my life, your, your idea of that is, yes, I hear and receive the gifts all my life. And at the end of the day, it will always be about what Jesus has done for me. That's why I went to church, to, to receive the gifts for me. And that's your justifying faith in Christ alone, right? Um, trust me, uh, the lily pad Jesus, where you go on this lily pad and say, okay, this is what Jesus has done for me, and you hear, let's say, a message that says, now you go do this, and you go be a better disciple, and you go live the 10 steps of being a better Christian. Soon enough, what are you on this lily pad of works, on what I have to do? You're burdened, you're pressured, and soon enough you say what? I'm burned out, I can't do this, I'm not perfect. I I can't, even though I'm trying, so I guess I'm not Christian. And that is the danger of misplacing our faith for what it truly is in Christ. That's why the for you is so important about your justifying faith. Um, Anyways, uh, one more thought before we close. Abraham, Romans 4, he believed in God, right? Genesis 15, and it was counted to him as righteousness, right? And it wasn't the scripture that said, because Abraham did all these things, it counted to him as righteousness, but rather it was the Lord saying, you will uh, like all the grain of the, or the stars in the sky, will your offspring be? Again, childless he was, and, and uh, from the Ur of Chaldeans he came from, a land filled with idolatry, uh, but yet he believed that in the midst of his own history, in his own sinful nature, there the Lord would do these very things. And the Lord counted that belief to be his righteousness. And, and what we see right there in Abraham is what? It wasn't about him, because we know his history, 
but rather it was about the Lord who lavishes him with the righteousness of his promise. And that's where his faith is, right? And that's where your faith is as well. That's why we're, we're such a blessed church, because it's not about you, it's about Jesus, what he has done for you. And that's where we rest until he takes us home. And what a great, what a great source of comfort that is, knowing that you are justified. You are forgiven of all your sins. And you know it, because Jesus alone has done it for you. And this is your life of faith. Anyways, um, any questions on this? Pretty clear? Do you see the tension? Do you see the tension? Slightly, subtly, the devil, right? But we're not alone. The word, Jesus, gospel. All right. Um, let, us, uh, let us close uh, with a word of prayer. Our dearly Father, we, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for the faith that you have given to us as a gift through the power of the Holy Spirit in your word. Bless us, O Lord, in this life of faith, knowing full well that under your blood we are justified. Grant us the never-ending trust um, in what you have done alone, and that through the various temptations of the devil, Lord, guard and protect us, and always lead us under your gracious name. Bless us this day, bless us this week, and always, O Lord, lead us in this justifying faith. For all these things we're thankful, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.